Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Farm to Table Studios brings you today's edition of The Howl. Morgan's Farm to Table is located on County Road 42 in Nicollet and Burnsville. Taste the difference. Award winning. The Howl would like to welcome you to the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. Nothing But Net is a channel like no other featuring all teams and all topics from everybody's favorite league, the NBA. The Howl is also a proud member of CLNS Media Network and can be found on clnsmedia.com as well as Podient, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. The Howl is also produced with thanks to our wonderful supporting partners, Rhyme Sayers Entertainment, the pinnacle of underground hip-hop worldwide, Studio 23, where passion reigns supreme, and Isabel Street Heat, adding a bit of spice into your everyday life. I am the sick day of the radio world, your host, Kevin Draves, and the producer of the show to my left is none other than Rob. Was that an airball? Hess. Tonight's first quarter, we will take a look back at the games the Wolves had the previous week and look ahead to the schedule upcoming. We will also have our weekly look in with the Iowa Wolves. Second quarter tonight, we will break down the Wolves playoff hopes along with links free agency and other general NBA and WNBA topics. Remember, if your jumper is broke, shoot your shot anyways. It works in DMs. It can work on the court. It's time for the howl. Quarter one of the howl here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. And this is where we break down the Wolves week that was and take a look uh, to the upcoming games for our beloved Timber Pups. Uh, Two games to review in this. A very tough game against the Houston Rockets. And then a uh, a fun second game for the Wolves, uh, but you know it, it. We have some some condolences, I guess, to send out to Wolves fans everywhere. Rob, this was this game against the Rockets was heartbreaking for a couple different reasons. Well, the tough part was before Jimmy Butler got hurt in this game. I thought the Wolves looked pretty good, and I thought they played pretty competitively against the Rockets. We can't say that about every game and you know, we've now lost every game. We've played the Rockets this season and, you know, keep in mind, Jimmy Butler was at the other ones. So that's the tough part. But before he went down, 
we did look pretty good. So I guess if you're going to take some silver lining from this game, it's that. But once he went down, all bets were off. It was ugly. But at the same time, if you think about it this way, Kevin, if you're playing in this game and your star player goes down, you're pretty dejected. It's going to be pretty tough for you to bring that same effort the rest of the game. I know there's the whole like win one for the Gipper, you know, find a way to to compete for the guy that just went down. But I just think that's that's really tough to do. You know, looking at the overall team stats in this, if I were to tell you that the Wolves would be ahead of the Rockets in three point percentage, I mean, that'd be that'd be pretty tough to believe. Right. But see, the the big thing with this is, yes, the, the Rockets can hit the threes whenever they want to. And that's that's where games can get out of hand very, very quickly uh, for the Houston Rockets. And that's one area that they excel at. But the Wolves got out rebounded. They uh, were only 75% from the free throw line. The Rockets outshot them just overall on the night. Um, you know, more assists, one more turnover. I mean, it, you know, just, but the, the, the two biggest things that stick out to me are the free throws and the overall field goal percentage that kind of set the wolves back in this. Anytime you can outshoot the Rockets from three point land, you have a good shot at winning. But I think the combination of Jimmy going down and the fact that they just outshot you period overall uh, definitely has a, a, a pretty large effect in this game. One of the big problems the wolves face against a team like the Rockets is the wolves are not three point heavy. They don't shoot a lot of three pointers. They don't make a lot of three pointers. The Rockets do. So going into the game, you're already at a huge disadvantage scoring wise, because every time you score a two, they've, they're going to get one extra point just because they shoot at such a high level. And not only do they shoot at a high rate, they make a huge, a high rate. So it's always going to be tough. And like you said, once you take Jimmy Butler out of the mix, uh, all bets are off. Uh, just going over, let's go over some of the stats, Kev, you know, you're looking at, you know, I don't think that anyone necessarily had like an, a jump off the page. Great game. You know, the, the high score is Wiggins at 21. Uh, generally, you're going to need more than that to, to, to get a win, especially when you're playing Houston Rockets and it's at Houston makes it all that much tougher. Um, there's just not much to like when you're looking at the box score. If you had watched the game live, I definitely think you could get a better feel of how the Wolves had played. Uh, Jeff Teague, though, I, I thought he looked pretty solid. I thought you got some pretty good minutes. Um, off the bench for some guys too. Uh, you know, Bielitsa is the guy that's really going to have to step up. And then you're also looking for Wiggins. You need that like Cavaliers, uh, Toronto Raptors, Wiggins w- with Jimmy Butler down. Don't you feel like that's the guy that's really going to have to step up? I, I definitely agree. Um, but another guy that's going to need to step up here, in my opinion, is Jamal Crawford. I mean, he's he's come out and said that he wants more minutes. And that he wasn't happy with the with the rotation that he was getting. Well, here's your chance, Jamal. I mean, if if you if anything, if you want more minutes now, you're going to get it because you are going to be that guy coming off the bench to to take care of Belly, to take care of Wiggins. You're you're going to be the first guy off the bench for those for those smaller guys for the two and three spots in this rotation. Um, I gotta say, I've been very critical of Jeff Teague throughout the year. Um this is just one of one of two games where he's really excelled as of late. And I've been very impressed with them. I like Cat's stat line in this uh, 18 points, 13 rebounds, five of five from the free throw line, uh, only one of two from three, but that's okay in my opinion. Uh, but he still was a minus six in 31 minutes. So 
you know, overall, any game that you lose your star like this, obviously you're going to be dejected. It's not going to go well from there for you. But the Wolves had a lead going, you know, into the second quarter. Um, you know, almost basically almost at halftime too. I mean, it was a two point game at half. And then, you know, things get out of hand like they usually do with the Rockets. So Rob, let me let me ask you this. Anybody on the Rockets side with the with the exception, obviously, of James Harden, uh, anybody else stand out at you for having a really, really good game here? Yeah, obviously the other name, if you're not talking about Harden, you're talking about Chris Paul, 14 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists. He kind of did a lot of everything. Uh, Clint Capella, who's really just had a great season, uh, 25 points, 11 rebounds. So you got contributions across the board. PJ Tucker put up some nice numbers, you know, 11 and five in the minutes he played. I will say this about the Rockets though. And I might be in the minority here, but I really dislike James Harden's basketball game. I find it borderline unwatchable the way he plays where he is always going for that foul. Uh, he's always trying to draw that contact. I mean, James Harden, if you take away the officials, let's say fouls weren't part of the game. I get that they are, but so much of his game is dependent on the referees. So if you get a game, where the referees maybe aren't as kind to James Harden, I think it can hurt his game quite a bit. Unfortunately, those games don't tend to exist very often. So you kind of get stuck in that hole. I mean, even in this instance, in this game, uh, you know, he gets the line 10 times. So, sorry, I take that back. He had three three-pointers. Uh, he got to the line 12 times. So, again, that's a huge part of his game. And that's always going to be a difference maker. Because think about this. He gets the line 12 times. That's going to be, you know, around five or six fouls, depending on what he's shooting. And he made every one of them. And that's a big difference. maker. Now you lost by 18 points, but let's just say you take away those 12 points. He got at the line. If you got a, even, even half of those and the game's a lot closer than it was. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just not a big fan of, of James Harden's game in general. Yeah, this, I mean, this was a, uh, a, a very tough game to win healthy wolves lose one Oh two to one twenty. And then the Wolves on the second night of a back-to-back head home for the return of Zach Levine, trying to continue the hot winning streak that they have when they wear the Aurora green jerseys. They started off on the premier night losing to the Suns, but have since gone four and zero in the Aurora green jerseys looking to make it five and one overall in the season. Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, both get good, uh, good ovations from Wolves fans when they make their debuts. Great to see Zach Levine uh, back and and playing and um, reading on Twitter. Uh, Jace Frederick, uh, Howell guest, um, kind of tweeted some some clips of uh, of Zach Levine and some some quotes, and uh, he seemed to love it. You know, lo- love coming back and was very receptive and and loved the fans' welcome and everything along those lines. So very good to see him back. Uh, he had a decent game, twenty one seven and six. Uh, but zero of four from the three point line, but seven of eight from the free throw line in this game. Uh, Chris Dunn had 10, two and five. Uh, not too bad, actually better than a lot of the games that he had in Minnesota as a whole. Uh, Wolves in this game dominated most of the first half, kind of let up and the Bulls came back to make it close and actually took the lead by five points in the third quarter. But then the Wolves ended up running away with it. In the end, Rob, uh, give me some of the Wolves rundown uh, stat wise. Yeah, you know, for anyone that watched this game, Jeff Teague was the reason I think you win this game. Jeff Teague was super aggressive. He kind of picked up what you lost with Jimmy Butler. Now, they're completely different players, but just in, into the fact that Jeff Teague realized that you're missing this talent 
and you're missing these points, these assists. And Jeff Teague really shined. Uh, you're talking about 25 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. I mean, that's a very Jimmy Butler-esque game. Now, Jeff Teague will never be the same defender that Jimmy Butler is, but just to get those stats was pretty impressive. The guy that really seemed to struggle, the box score won't tell the score. You know, 22 and 13 from Towns, but he legitimately looked lost out there at times. Making some, He made some bad passes, uh, took some bad shots. I mean, he finished 9 of 20, which definitely not ideal, especially for a big man. Uh, but again, 22 and 13 is, is solid. But even after the game, they interviewed Towns, and he said, if I was going to have a bad game, I might as well go all in. And he, and he definitely did. Well, Wiggins definitely played well. Uh, two of six from the three-point line. You got, got you 22 points. But again, and we've talked about this, we need more production out of Wiggins. We need more statistics. So two assists and two rebounds is not going to cut it on a consistent basis. I will say part of the reason you won this game, we absolutely shut down Lowry Markkinen. We, we, we basically made it our goal. He barely got any shots off from the three-point line. When he did, they, they were, were very well contested. We made it a point to play physical with him and really lock down on him. And it showed while one for eight from the field, uh, he had one of his worst games as a pro. Now, Dave Benz and Jim Peterson talked about this during the telecast. Uh, Lowry Markkinen hasn't been playing as well as of late. Part of that they think could be that rookie wall that some guys tend to hit later in the season. That's probably part of it too. But overall, you know, 122-104 is the victory here. And after that, Jimmy Butler, after you lose him the night before, I was pretty impressed with how they came out. What don't you think Kev? Oh yeah. And you know, second night of a back-to-back, you can definitely come out very flat in a game um, and, and definitely lose this one. Like you did in Chicago a week, what week and a half beforehand. I mean, this was a game that wasn't a guarantee by any stretch. Um, the wolves, the wolves found a way they got the production from the guys they needed to. And you were lucky enough to see, you know, the, you know, uh, Aaron Brooks and the garbage time players come in, uh, you know, towards the end of the game. Uh, one thing, if we're going to, if we're going to do well down the stretch, the biggest thing we need on this is for belly to shoot better than one for six from three. Um, looking at his shots, I mean, it looks like he's close, but one for six is definitely going to kill us in the long run from three point land. The one thing I'll say about belly though, is overall, I think you got good production out of him. This is kind of his first game in jumping into that larger role. When Jimmy Butler was out earlier in the season, the wolves went two and two with Beelitz as a starter and he had put up pretty good numbers. I agree. He needs to be a little more efficient shooting, but you know, eight points, four assists, seven rebounds. That's solid. That's, that's good production out of him for his first game starting. He was a, a plus 16 in the plus minus column. Uh, one of the best on the team. You really liked what you got um, overall in the 32 minutes, but I agree scoring wise specifically, he definitely has to be more efficient going forward. If, if, if it's going to work. Yeah, it's, it's good to get a victory out of this. Uh, Good to run away and and escape with a victory at home the night after losing Jimmy Butler. Uh, Let's move ahead, Rob, to the look ahead for our Timberwolves. Three games on the schedule this week, uh, including one as we record here Monday night. The Wolves take on the Sacramento Kings out in California, uh, and then they will travel up north to Portland, Oregon, and then a little bit down south to the Utah Jazz where we get to see Ricky Rubio. Uh, This is a a critical three-game stretch for the Wolves. I believe the Wolves need to at least go two and one here 
I think they have the ability to very easily go two and one. Uh, what are your thoughts on this three game stretch here uh, for, uh, for the wolves? You know, on the service, I think you have to beat the Kings. That's a no brainer. Blazers jazz. Oh, jazz have been playing really well. Blazers are always a tough matchup. This is going to be tough. The one thing that, that kind of piques my interest definitely would be the Thursday game against the Blazers. Granted it's in Portland, but it is a TNT game. So it is that national nationally televised game. You kind of hope that the players can kind of bring that next level of play. I think historically the wolves have seemed to struggle nationally when they're on those big, big time games without Jimmy Butler playing. I do think obviously it's going to be tough, but I think the goal is to win two out of these three games. I think you're going to lose one of the blazers jazz game almost for sure. But if you take the Kings tonight and then if you can find a way to win one of those other games, uh, I'd be pretty happy with that, with that road trip. Yeah, I would be too. And the biggest thing to keep in mind here, Rob is after that Friday game against the jazz, you have six days off five days off until you play the Boston Celtics at home on TNT March 8th. So you've got plenty of time. Like you've got a nice little rest there. Like get through these three games, give everything you've got, and then you get five days off. Yeah. I don't get the schedulers here. This just seems very odd to me. Uh, obviously they, they do it for a reason and no team travels for the record. No team travels more than the wolves do. Um, so I, I, I like that they get this nice little break. And I think that's important uh, throughout this season. We've really had to travel a lot. So to get some extended time at home, I think is big. I, I, but again, in the grand scheme of things, I just think the whole thing's a little weird to have that many games off in a row. Why not, uh, you know, maybe make the games closer here and maybe get rid of a back-to-back or two. Yeah. And I, and I do like here, uh, I'm, I'm jumping in a little bit too much, but after that Thursday game, they have another couple of days off before taking on the warriors, which is huge as well. So I really like this stretch and then they kind of start picking back up into the, uh, into the schedule, at least a little bit. Um, this is going to be a tough stretch for the Timberwolves, but like I said, if they can go two and one in this three game stretch, I would be very satisfied with it. And I think we would be okay. Uh, Rob looking at the Iowa wolves now, uh, give us an update. They've, they've acquired some new players, which uh, we'll get into a little bit more in depth here in, uh, in our quarter two talker segment. but. Uh, how have they been doing recently? So before tonight, uh, in previous episodes, we've talked, you know, pretty extensively about the Iowa wolves. Yeah. I'm a big Iowa wolves fan, but more than recently, they have definitely struggled. Um, there's a lot you'd like to see better, uh, as far as the wolves are concerned, you know, kind of your, your regular cast of characters has looked pretty good, but Emil Jefferson, you know, for example, he's been on a tear right now getting double doubles, but it really hasn't helped you necessarily. Um, you know, they lost just to go over some of the games. They lost 107.83 to Westchester. They lost uh, 117 to 111 to the Rio Grande Valley. And they also lost uh, to Fort Wayne, 103 to 89. So they are definitely in a stretch where they are struggling. And this is looking more like the team uh, at the beginning of the season that really struggled. You're hoping going forward, you can get a little better play. I mean, the normal guys you've been getting big minutes from and solid play. They've been decent. But just as a whole, I don't know that anyone's really necessarily jumping off the page like before. Um, you definitely want more from Anthony Brown, Justin Patton, all those guys. They're playing well, but they have to find that next level. So going forward, we're going to need more from those guys. Um, the nice thing was they did get to spend a little time during the break with the Timberwolves. So Anthony Brown and Justin Patton, I believe specifically both those two guys did get to practice with the team a bit. I did like that. 
you start to wonder at a certain point, now that Jimmy Butler's out, will they maybe think about bringing Anthony Brown up, giving him some minutes? Uh, I think there's definitely some positives that could be had for at least trying him out just to see what you have from him. But uh, again, I, I'm not going to be shocked if most of these guys just stay in the G League for most of the season. Um, I will give a shout out to Michael Bryson. He plays second in the G League uh, slam dunk contest. He's definitely one of my favorite players from the Iowa Wolves. I really like how athletic he is. He kind of jumps out of the gym. For anyone that uh, watched this or hasn't watched this, the one thing I'll say about this this performance from him in the in the slam dunk contest was that I, I thought he had the best dunks overall in this contest. It wasn't great. I mean, if you were to compare this with the, the actual NBA dunk contest, I mean, it's just not close. It's a different level. Uh, in past years, it's been a little different. You've definitely had some, some pretty good dunks. But uh, this year, I was not that impressed. But Michael Bryson, I thought, was the best. He just struggled on the very last one uh, as far as uh, finishing the dunk, which obviously is always going to cost you a little bit. All right. That is our Iowa Wolves update. Uh, remember, I, or, uh, G League games are on the uh, on Facebook, right? You can watch the games on Facebook. So if you haven't had the opportunity yet, go on Facebook, find the Iowa Wolves. You can watch some of their games. Uh, great team and some guys that you may see may see here coming up in a Minnesota Timberwolves uh, roster shortly. Let's get into quarter two. That is our talker segment. We've got a lot to discuss. You're definitely not going to want to go anywhere. Second quarter of the howl here on dash radios, nothing but net channel. And this is our talkers segment. We've got a lot to cover here on tonight's show. Uh, we even have a surprise for you towards the uh, towards the very end. Uh, first, Rob, let's get into our first talker tonight. Uh, story on ESPN uh, talking about a play-in tournament for the playoffs. This is a, an interesting scenario, uh, similar to what we see in the NCAA tournament with the, uh, I guess, the play-in games, if you will. Yeah, same kind of concept or what you see in baseball now. They also have kind of those playing games. So this is, they say the plan proposal that has generated the most discussion, according to several sources would be two, four team tournaments featuring the seventh, eighth, ninth and 10th seeds in each conference. The seventh seed would host the eighth seed and the winner of that single game nabbing the seventh spot. And then the ninth seed would host the 10th seed with the winner of that game facing the loser of the seven versus eight matchup for the final playoff spot. I don't know about this. I, I'm not totally sold. First of all, I think if you're going to do it, I feel like you should do it seven versus 10, eight versus nine. And then the winners would face off in that second round. I don't know that I agree that, oh, hey, the 10th seed beat the ninth seed. So they should get a shot at at, at playing a second game. I I don't know that that makes a lot of sense. Plus, if you look at in past years, um, the issue you run into is that there can be a huge difference between the seventh seed and the 10th seed. So we're going to penalize a team that finishes seventh and let the 10 seed have a shot to say, Hey, by the way, the regular season doesn't matter. All that matters is this one game. I, I I'm not a fan of that. What are your thoughts, Kev? You know, the Western conference, I think it would be okay, but it's when you get into the East is I think where it kind of gets a little laughable. Um, so if we, if we stay with this seven to 10 in the West, uh, the thunder who are currently the seven seed somehow uh, would be taking on, so it's the Thunder, Nuggets, Clippers, and Jazz. So those four teams are separated by three wins right now. So, you know, I mean, that's that's basically where the drop-off point is in the Western Conference because after that, 
You have the Lakers who are six games away from the 10 spot. Uh, the Grizzlies who are 13 along with the Kings and the Mavericks. So really the 10 seed is the drop off in the West. So there's 10 really consistent, solid teams. Uh, when you get to the East though, the seven seed is the Sixers who are sitting currently at 32 and 26. You get on down to the 10 seed and it's the Hornets who are six games under 500. So there's a little bit of a drop off here. Now, granted, you'd get to see a Pistons Hornets matchup with the possibility of them playing either the heat or the Sixers. But I have to agree with you, Rob, you may as well do a seven, 10, eight, nine, and have the winners of those two games take the seven and the eight seed. I think that's really the only way to do it in this scenario. That makes sense. I mean, you're, you're kind of, you're adding too many more games. Um, in my opinion, you're adding unnecessary games really in my opinion. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not a fan of this scenario. What we talked about last week was the, the idea that maybe they would do something similar to what you see in the G league or what you see in the WNBA, which is where you're taking the 16 best teams. Apparently though. So I was, we were sort of corrected. So last week we did it as, you know, you take the 16th best 16 best teams. The way they actually have looked at possibly doing it would be you keep the conferences. And then what you would do is once the top eight teams from each conference were picked, you would then reseed everybody with those 16 teams which is way different than what I was expecting. And, and, and the reason why they talked about this is because the second you switch to the top 16 teams, you have to change the scheduling system entirely because you then have to have balanced scheduling. So it's a whole, it's a whole nother uh, ball of wax, if you will. But in all honesty, that's not that difficult. I mean, really it isn't the current uh, landscape of the schedule doesn't change much throughout the course of the years you have your division games, then you have a little bit more conference games and you play everybody in the East twice, if I'm correct, right? Once at home, once on the road in the Eastern Conference. And then it's the Western Conference that gets a little bit more run. And then obviously the top is your your division. I mean, you can keep the division games where they're at and move the games allocated for the Western Conference, which I'd be curious. Do you know how many times... The Wolves play other Western Conference teams. Is it four times? Two at home, two on the road? I think that's correct. Yeah, I, I believe that's correct. So, I mean, let's say let's say your division games, like for the Wolves here. The Wolves have who? Portland, OKC, Denver, Denver, and who else? Is that it in their division? Um, I'm drawing a blank at the moment. But regardless, that's but, not... But, but, let's, but let's say it's those four teams, just for evenness sake. You, you put maybe five of those five games, six games for evenness sake, three at home, three on the road. That puts you at 24 games that covers three other teams besides yourself. That's 25 other teams that you have to play for remaining 40 something games. I mean, you can split that up. You know, I mean, you can, you can split that up pretty evenly among the Eastern and the Western conference. You make sure you play everybody and you know, I'm sure Oh, and the Jazz too. Okay, so five teams. Yep, Jazz would be the other team. Again. So then you do five games, 25 games total no, for your division. Yeah, so will there be, yeah, that's, I think that's right. Or 20 games, yeah, because you're not playing yourself. But, I mean, even like, t- between 20 and 24 games, and then you have the remaining games split between the other teams. And, may, and you could do it like the NFL where you play like a certain division, like a certain, like, you know, you have like your, you know, like in, the, in football, you know, they have like the AFC West you know, that the Vikings would play this year kind of thing. And you split up the road and the home games kind of thing. So like a specialized conference that you maybe play a couple more games against, but 
They can definitely do it. It's going to take more work, yes, but you can definitely do it. The one thing I like about going the actual straight seating route is it would maybe bring back the idea of actually having rivalries to certain areas. For example, we don't play the Bucks and the Bulls a lot. We should play those teams more. Plus, it would cut down on the amount of travel that the Wolves have to have. I mean, pretty consistently, the Wolves travel more than any other team in the NBA almost every year. That shouldn't be happening. It should be much closer between all the teams. So the second you take away conferences, I think that makes a big difference. I, I, I do think that's the route they need to go at some point. We'll see if that's the case. So what, uh, when, we, when we look at uh, – so this, was, this is a Zachle article for anyone that's actually interested in kind of reading more about this. Uh, this is via ESPN. Um, so moving on to uh, another topic of conversation here, uh, one thing that um, I thought was kind of cool was if you've seen this, Kevin – the three billboards in Cleveland, Ohio, um, were bought to entice LeBron James to move on to Philadelphia. I found this very interesting. So there's there's three different billboards. There's one that shows basically a starting lineup. It shows a picture of a court uh, with LeBron James and a and a crown for twenty three. And then the next one is complete the process. I I think that's kind of cool. And then the last one hashtag Philly wants LeBron. So. You know, obviously a private party bought these. Obviously the Sixers can't do that. But I thought this was kind of cool. I thought it was well done. I, I I would love to see him go to Philly. I don't know that it's necessarily realistic, but I would definitely like to see that team. Kind of savage, too, by whoever bought these to put them in Cleveland. Um, we saw a picture. Ben Simmons, uh, I think, posted a picture with LeBron and somebody else and and um, posted the date that free agency begins and the time of midnight. So there's been there's been some some minor speculation that Philly's got a decent chance. Um, I, I I absolutely love this. I think the fans in Philly, um, you know, going out on a limb and doing this kind of thing to to enter the picture. I think it's great, and uh, it's really really savage that they're doing it in Cleveland. I mean, it, it it's one thing to put it up in Philly in your home city kind of thing, but to do it in Cleveland where LeBron is, that's, that's pretty darn savage. Yeah. I just think that adds to it. Um, we should definitely move on to, uh, do you want to talk about some WNBA? Yeah. Free agency has opened up the links, making a few moves here. Uh, so they have re-signed Rebecca Brunson, which was huge. I think for them, uh, they've also signed Lynetta Kaiser. Uh, and let's see, I know they've made a couple other moves as well. I'm looking through the list here. Uh, where did it go? It was right in my news feed. Uh, Cecilia Zandal Zandalasini. Hopefully I'm saying that right. And uh, as well as Endy Mayam. Uh, so those are the three signings that they've made so far. Uh, Zandalasini signed with the Lynx as a free agent late in the 2017 regular season. Um, and then they were, uh, they were able to go out and get... Uh, uh, Lynetta Kaiser and Endy Mayim as well. So moving through, making some signings in the uh, in free agency here so far. Uh, I know they lost Renee Montgomery to Atlanta, uh, so that uh, obviously wasn't the route that they wanted to go. Um, but the Lynx making some moves and trying to uh, remain a dynasty, if you will. Yeah, I, I think the Lynx are a team you really have to trust. They've they've obviously got a proven track record of just finding ways to win games and bringing in the right people. And you got to trust what they're building uh, when it comes to uh, the future. And I also get why Renee Montgomery wants to go somewhere else. Maybe she can be a bigger, 
kind of a bigger name, I guess you'd say, when uh, when it comes down uh, down the line. So we'll see what they end up doing there. Um, going on to general NBA, or sorry, general WNBA, there's an article in Forbes that I find very interesting, and it talks about uh, restricting attendance in the WNBA, short run wise, long run foolish, and 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 it's it's a specific look at uh, two teams. So the WNBA in its 21st season. They they got a uh, seven thousand seven hundred sixteen fans per game last year, which is the most they've had since twenty eleven. Um, but two teams are taking action that's going to reduce that number significantly going forward. Um, so the New York Liberty are going to start playing most of their games in the Westchester County Center. So in twenty seventeen, the Liberty, uh, their big one of their big name players is uh, All Star Tina Charles, attracted nine thousand eight hundred ninety nine fans per game, and that was when they were playing at Madison Square Gardens. Well. The Westchester County Center, though, it only seats 5,000 people. So that's a huge difference. So, for example, they said if the if the Liberty played in Westchester last season, there would have been about 83,000 fewer fans at games. Jeez. I mean, to me, that's crazy. It's kind of like uh, sometimes the links will will close off the top area of the Target Center. And I, I get it in, in terms of you just don't want it to look empty if it's not going to be that crowded. Um, but in terms of this... These are people you know are going to show up to the game that you're just saying, now we're not going to let you go. I think that's a big mistake. Uh, the, the other team they're talking about would be the Washington Mystics. Uh, currently, they play at Capital One Arena. Uh, in 2017, the Mystics, uh, their big-name star, obviously, for, for any WNBA fans is Elena Del Don. Uh, 7,711 fans per game. The new arena, only 4,200 fans. That's a huge difference. So, again, 60,712 fewer fans in 2017. Uh, if if you had done it this way, so I think this is a mistake. I, I I just I think long term you're really hurting yourselves by doing something like this. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime you restrict uh, restrict your attendance, it's gonna it's gonna be hurtful in the long run. Uh, moving along here, Rob. Uh, some key dates coming up for the 2018 WNBA season. Uh, so March 30th through April 1st, so we're just about a month away from the women's final four. Uh, but right after that, we have the WNBA draft. The date has not been officially set yet, but that's coming up in April. Uh, April 29th is when training camps open. And then we have the f- the start of the season. May 18th is the WNBA tip off 2018. So the WNBA season is definitely coming up soon and uh, definitely something we want to we want to take a look at. Yeah. Uh, are you a fan of the WNBA draft, Kevin? I, I almost never miss it. I just think it's kind of fun. You get a good look at some of the, the top college players and you get a chance to see kind of what the future holds for the links because some of these players, you know, whether it's Lindsey Whalen, whether it's Simone Augustus, they're not going to be here forever. Yeah. The, the links definitely need to start rebuilding for the future uh, as they get a little bit older. And uh, the draft is, is one of my favorite places to watch the links, uh, the links grow. Uh, let's let's move on to our next one, Rob. What do you have for us as our next talker? Uh, yeah, so just to, to mention, uh, we talked about the Iowa Wolves, obviously, in our first segment. Uh, but to springboard off of that, uh, the Iowa Wolves did just make a move. Um, so they waived Quentin uh, Chivas, and they actually acquired Prince Williams. Um, so Prince Williams is the newest addition. Uh, Williams has played two seasons in the G League, appeared in 24 games with the Greens. Borough Swarm during the 2016-2017 season and 16 games this season with the Texas Legends. Um, and he was waived on the 17th. Um, as far as the guy that we dropped, Chivas, he appeared in five games for Iowa this season, averaging only 4.8 points and 1.6 rebounds. So uh, Williams will join the team uh, for their uh, next matchup Thursday night 
where they're taking on the, the Salt Lake City Stars. And that tip-off is set for 8 p.m. And like we mentioned in the first quarter, for anyone that wants to watch the Iowa Wolves, uh, they do have some games available on Twitch, but most of their games are going to be available via Facebook. So definitely something to watch. Um, if you're a Wolves fan, I highly recommend checking out the Iowa Wolves since these are some of the players that maybe down the road you know, could help you out quite a bit. Let's uh, let's get into our howl hot topic of the night here, Rob. We posted a uh, poll on Twitter. Uh, so for those that didn't see, Rob, break down the Zaza Pachulia, Russell Westbrook uh, encounter from last night, if you will. Yeah, so the way it worked is Russell Westbrook fell. And then as he was falling, Nick Young was falling also. And depending on the angle you watch, and I get, I think depending on what you think of the Warriors and Zaza Pachulia, you're going to see it a certain way. I personally watched it a bunch of different times. I don't find there to be anything natural about it. Number one, he's like slow at the fall. He sure looks like he's aiming for Russell Westbrook and his legs. And on top of that, we know historically Zaza Pachulia is a dirty player. Uh, if you're looking to see kind of the the impact Zaza's had over the years in terms of dirty play, uh, go on YouTube or go on Twitter and just search Zaza Pachulia dirty player. If you're a player and I can search your name with dirty and something comes up where you have plays where you try to intentionally harm other players, that's a problem. Like that should never happen. And I feel like if you go on Twitter or social media at all, it's been fairly split surprisingly when it comes to this specific play. I know there are some angles where you see Nick young as he's falling. He kind of hits the back of Zaza Pachulia's leg, but Zaza's a big dude. And I get that he's clumsy, but that little bit of contact is not enough to knock him over. To me, it's 100% dirty. Uh, no question about it for me. Uh, when you look at the Twitter poll, so this week's how hot topic, we were actually looking at to see what people thought. So what the, what you as listeners thought of this play or, you know, NBA fans in general. And as far as the poll was concerned, uh, it turned out pretty similar to what I was kind of thinking. I thought most people would find it dirty. Let's go over the results here. So the actual question posed was Zaza has a history of being a dirty player. Did he intentionally fall and hit Westbrook? 57% said yes. 11% said no. 26% said hell yes. I was in that category. And 6% said no chance. He's just clumsy. And I think if you are in that no chance, he's just clumsy. Uh, how many times does he get to be just clumsy? Like, at what point is he just a dirty player? And and there's a history here, too. For those that um, remember last season, uh, Zaza Pachulia basically threw Westbrook to the ground and then stood over him. And and to me, that's a problem. And, and, and it's a pattern. And he's a dirty player. What are your thoughts, Kev? I mean, the biggest thing is, uh, you know, Kawhi's not back in the league. And I think that's something that we, that we've seen, you know, time and time again, we've been talking about Zaza Pachulia and is he a dirty player? What is he doing? You know, this, this just, it, it, it screams, you know, ill will. It's kind of that fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. I mean, what, you know, one time we can buy it from Zaza, but when it starts becoming a pattern, then we know that there's a, that there's an issue here. And, and I definitely, I was, I was one that voted. Yes. I did not vote hell. Yes. But I voted yes on this. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, moving on. I did see something uh, kind of interesting on Twitter. It was a lottery trade idea. And this was a, uh, so the person that actually sent this out was J a dub and five. Um, but the article is actually from the ringer and someone floated this idea. 
The idea would be to allow a percentage a percentage of a team's lottery ping pong ball to be tradable, which would create another form of currency. I find this fascinating. I like so. Let's say you have a hundred lottery like lottery numbers that you like combinations, and let's say they allow you to trade like thirty of those. Like that's some valuable commodity. Now, granted, if you have the mo- the best odds of getting the first overall pick, let's say you still are odds are not going to get it. But if you could maybe, you know, add that as like kind of some extra incentive, I think that's kind of cool. I love this idea. I really, really do. The, you know, obviously the only tough thing is that you can't trade it away until uh, after the season has been completed because nobody knows their percentage. So you can't trade too much or too little away kind of thing. But I love this idea. I think it would be great to see, you know, some, you know, some top level talent, like, you know, LeBron or something traded for 27% of a lottery, you know, like I think it just adds a whole new element. Obviously it's tough to do, but I can definitely see this, uh, uh, catching wind and, and being a popular thing. Yep. I agree. Um, moving on. I thought we'd take a look at some of the current power rankings that just got released. Um, so we'll start with, uh, the ESPN NBA power rankings. Uh, you know, a lot of these are going to be similar, but it's kind of nice to get a look and see how the different tele, uh, different publications kind of view the Wolves and, and just the general NBA. So just to kind of go over the top 10, so we'll start with ESPN. You've got the Rockets, the Warriors, and the Raptors and the Celtics. No surprises there. Um, at five, they have the Cavs. Six is the Spurs, which, uh, you know, a lot of that's going to depend on Kawhi Leonard going forward, whether he's with the team or not. Um, eight. Or sorry, seven is the Blazers, eight is the Wizards, uh, nine is the Pacers, and ten is the Bucks. So the Wolves have slipped out of the top ten at this point. They are sitting at number eleven. They were previously at eight. Um, so over the last week, they've been one and one. Obviously, the All Star break changes that a little bit, uh, just in terms of how many games you would normally have in a given week. They say Jimmy Butler underwent meniscus surgery Sunday, and the Timberwolves will definitely miss his presence, especially on the defensive end. With Butler on the court this season. Minnesota has allowed 105.3 points per 100 possessions. When Butler is off the court, the Timberwolves have allowed 114.6 points per 100 possessions. So they're definitely taking into account the fact that Jimmy Butler is going to be out here. We move on to the, oh, Kevin, you got something? Yeah, so it seems to me in this ESPN power rankings that they're kind of playing the futures game. If, if I mean, they're they're banking on the Wolves not doing well uh, you know, without Jimmy Butler. And so before even watching any games without him being played, they're already dropping us down. Now they had us at eight last week and 11 here this week is what it looks like. But now Rob, can you pull up the uh, ESPN power rankings again? I'm going to go through uh, the NBA.com power rankings yes. Yes. and we'll, we'll kind of see how they match up here. Uh, so Houston at one, which I think uh, yeah, ESPN had as well. Uh, Golden state two. Uh, Toronto Raptors at three. So the top three are all the same. All the same. Yep. NBA.com has the Timberwolves at four in this week's power rankings. And when was this? When was this one released? Uh, this morning, Monday morning, so the twenty sixth. Exactly same release date. Yep. Uh, so here it says the Wolves were fortunate to get the Bulls in their first game after Jimmy Butler tore the meniscus in his right knee, but Thibodeau played just eight guys prior to garbage time on Saturday, and they remain in minus fifteen in one hundred and seventy nine minutes with their other four starters on the floor without Jimmy. Uh, They'll have five days off after this week's three-game road trip, but it's not clear if or when Butler will return, and the Blazers are one of the three West teams tied with them in the loss column. 
holding on to home court advantage for a first round series without Butler may be too much to ask. So they're going off of the current standings, not really changing their rankings based off of the Jimmy Butler injury. Uh, now their top 10 uh, rounds out with the Indiana Pacers at five, uh, the Blazers at six, Boston Celtics at seven wizards at eight Sixers at nine and the Utah jazz at 10. Um, I saw they had the Cleveland Cavaliers fifth on ESPNs. I am currently at 14 for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. And if you also look at the, the Spurs are much further down on NBA.com. I mean, that's a big difference too. The Spurs are sixth in ESPNs. So there's definitely a big, big difference here. Um, Let's look at one more. If you look at uh, SI.com has one as well. Um, and I think it just kind of uh, gives you a, a good look across the league and across the different, some of the publications. Now they don't, they don't give breakdowns for every team, but they do for some of the main teams kind of in the top. And um, if you're looking at this, this is very similar. You're talking Rockets, Warriors, Raptors, Celtics. So right off the bat, the top four are exactly the same ESPN. Washington Wizards at five, the Jazz at six, which is pretty high. Uh, Cavaliers at seven, Pacers eight, Blazers nine, Pelicans at 10. So they're the first ones that have actually had the Pelicans that high. I'm very surprised at that ranking. Um, if you're looking at SA.com, they have the Wolves at 16. So it's weird because they're taking into account the future on some teams, but not on others. Because the I don't think the Pelicans have what it takes to necessarily keep going at this rate without Cousins. Now, granted, you know, you've had some nice play. They did a really good job with picking up uh, Ameka Okafor. I really liked that selection. You get a guy that's been on the league a number of years, and you found a way to make him produce, which is really cool. But I, I think 10 is way too high. What they say about uh, the Timberwolves at 16, the Butler injury is an absolute killer. The Wolves play like a top-five team in the league with Butler on the court and a bottom-five team without him. Minnesota already had issues with depth. And losing a star player for any amount of time is going to have dire consequences. It's unfair to blame the Butler injury all on Tom Thibodeau. But at some point, Thibs needs to look in the mirror. Think about how many minutes he plays his starters. And as the head of basketball ops, Thibs is only himself to blame for not having anyone to go on the bench. Uh, you know, it's really goofy. Um, you get people on both sides of the tracks as far as if you're going to blame Tom Thibodeau or not. A lot of the stars play major minutes. I know Jim Peterson's been a huge, um, he's been very much against this blaming Tom Thibodeau thing in the past. Um, some people are, that's the first thing they want, they want to do is blame Tom Thibodeau. I think it's a combination of things for the most part. I mean, if you think about it, Jimmy Butler was just coming off a pretty big rest. So it's not like he was overexerting himself, uh, you know, prior to this happening. Uh, the other thing I have a problem with is them making it seem like without Jimmy Butler, we're dead in the water. So before this injury, he had missed four games. We were two and two in those four games. So it's not like we just fall apart when Jimmy Butler's not there. Are we a better team with him there? Of course we are. But if you're going to look at the sample size, you really got to look at not just on and off the court. You need to look at what it was like when he didn't play at all. And in that scenario, we're two and two. So I don't love our chances necessarily, but I do think we're going to be better than this article makes it seem. Yeah, I, you know, as a, as a Wolves fan that's gone through the Minnesota sports scene forever, it's really hard for me to have a lot of optimism about the Wolves doing well. But you've got guys like Townsend Wiggins who can definitely take over games, and you've got good supporting pieces like Jamal Crawford, Jeff Teague, Taj Gibson, Belly, Tyus. I mean, if, if any team can at least survive until their star player comes back, it's the Wolves, and I think we definitely have a good shot of it. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, I kind of think that's that's I think that's a good way to look at it for the most part. 
Um, you know, one thing I want to look at quick, um, you know, before we jump, jump into halftime is, uh, the NBA.com, they always have a rookie ladder. And I just think it's kind of cool to kind of take a glance at, uh, you know, how people think and kind of where you're at for the most part. Uh, so when they debuted the rookie ladder, um, so that was obviously, you know, a while back. Um, but when you started off, uh, you know, it was pretty, pretty standard. Uh, you know, they talked about Ben Simmons. Uh, they talked about, you know, how good he has been. Uh, and I think when you jump in to uh, the newest uh, rookie ladder, you know, some of the guys that you start to watch now are going to be guys like Lowry Markkinen. As far as rookies are concerned, the other guys that have really jumped off the page for me anyways would be John Collins, obviously uh, Spider Mitchell, that Donovan Mitchell's been a guy that we've really uh, jumped on uh, to watch. I think if you're a Jazz fan, you're very fortunate to get a guy like that. You know, when you lost Gordon Hayward, you were kind of curious as to what was going to happen in Utah, but I think they did a pretty good job of at least softening the blow by picking up our Rubio, but then, of course, uh, getting Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, really, really advantageous for this uh, for the Jazz to have Donovan Mitchell fall into their lap. And when the Jazz took him, everybody was kind of like, well, you know, you, we, we thought that there were better options available. But, you know, he's in the running for rookie of the year. And I think it's I think it's his to win um, at this point in time. But, yeah, guys, you know, down in Atlanta, John Collins, who we've talked about, um, you know, obviously Ben Simmons is is the cream of the crop up there as well. But this is a good rookie class. And. Uh, um, I think everybody is is very happy with their with their rookies. Uh, Jason Tatum, obviously. So there's the the rookie of the year conversation at the end of the year is going to be very interesting, and it's going to be a lot of fun to see. Um, but my money right now is on Spider Mitchell. Let's uh, let's get into shot clock. It is a surprise. This is the shot clock uh, second quarter edition. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna play some shot clock. So uh, uh, let's get into that right now. Uh, it is time for a game that Rob Hess has invented, like basically every other game that we've started on the Howl. This one is called Shot Clock. Uh, here to explain how to play the game Shot Clock is our very own Rob Hess. Yep, so you have 24 seconds. I'm going to give you a category, and then you name as many players or things in that category, and whoever has the most gets a point. It's best of seven. Pretty... So, uh, Pretty straight, straightforward stuff. Yep, so definitely, uh, we I'm, are in a slightly different studio space this week, so we don't really have the ability to leave the room and make it work right. So I'm actually wearing a pair of headphones. I've got some great music on my phone here uh, that I'm going to listen to uh, until it is my turn. So Rob, uh, you can go ahead. Uh, Aaron will will start us off. I don't trust Kevin, for the record. Ah, it's fine. We're going to go every other anyway, so it doesn't matter. So the first one, you have 24 seconds. And the category is name G League teams. Let me get it ready. Oh, criminy. Get ready? Yeah. Any G League teams. And go. Skyforce. Real blazing start. Uh... 87ers, the Energy, um, Longhorns, the Sand Crabs, the McNuggets, the Chicken and Fries. Um, and time. There we go. Good job missing the Iowa Wolves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see if Kevin gets it. I bet he doesn't. 
You got two. Nice. You were close on one. You said like Big Forest or it was, it's Sky Forest. Or not, uh, on one of the teams you were close on the, oh, Big Horns is what it was. Yeah. What did Anyways, I say? So you got two Big Longhorns. Long Damn. All right. So there you go. Kevin. Wake up. Kevin's back in the game. He was pretending he couldn't hear there. Right. <laughs> but then I didn't do him any help. So you don't need him at the, you don't need him yet. I got zero. All right. So, so good he, luck, Kevin. He got a couple. He got a couple in this category. Okay. All right. So let me know when you're ready. Holy cow. Okay. Uh, All right. Yeah, go ahead. All right. You have 24 seconds. Name as many G League teams as you can. (laughs) Go. And go. (laughs) This is great. The (laughs) time. Iowa Wolves. There you go. TikTok. TikTok. 13 seconds. Just let me win. The, The energy? Keep going. Five seconds. God. Um, no. I Aaron wins with one yes! or two. What's funny is Aaron didn't even say the wolves. He forgot the Iowa wolves. The, what? I'm surprised no one said was the, the energy. Was, was the energy no. not What's right? What's funny is you both said energy. Energy used to be is not oh, Iowa wolves. Okay. Yeah, you know we'll get there eventually. All right, hold on. Before before you go in, let me. I'm going to actually go into iTunes on my computer and do it this way. That was awesome. I thought there was no way, but then I realized. With two. I can't believe, like, Mad Ants. I thought that was an easy one. The Erie Bay Hawks. See, what's interesting, though, Rob, is you're always on the other end of this whole situation. When the clock yeah. gets to ticking, you start staring at me. I, mean, I still haven't lost in the nickname game, so, I mean, it's not that hard. You just had your first win, which is so weird to me that you think you... No, we proved it. No. Yeah, Benj even know. said I, I had won them all. That's all right. Oh, Benj says something that's just okay, official. Well, here, uh, so Aaron Aaron goes, Aaron's going under the head, headphones this time. No, 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 no. Keep Kevin on the, the headphones. Do you I trust think. him? Oh, yeah. All right, all right. I think he's got a good program. All right, here we go. All right, we're getting on to number two topic. 24 seconds, Aaron. 2016 draft picks. So last year's draft, all right, and go. All right, last year's draft. Oh, my gosh, I'm already drawing. He's blanking. Yeah, I am blanking. Stop, don't say that. So am I really not going to get any right? Do, 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 do. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to steal. Um, okay, so you got, <laughs> oh, my gosh. This so is Chris amazing. Dunn. And- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, I'm so tired. It's Dunn, so late. you got it. one. That's it. <laughs> this is over. Kevin, back to reality. Oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. You, you, there's no chance you lose. Oh, cool. Okay. He got one. He got one. Shh. Uh, so all I have to do is get two here. Okay. All right. I like my odds. The category is 2016 draft picks for the NBA. Go. So are you year. are you serious? <laughs> Go. Yes. Go. Ready? Go. Chris Dunn, Jamal Murray, and we have a winner. That's it. Cool. Do you want to keep going? No. You sure? Yeah. All right. We have a winner, so it's tied one one. Like, like the first like fifteen seconds, I couldn't. He even literally just think sat there. He couldn't like, even name anybody. It was so funny. It was weird. It was. It was. That's not good. like you, though. Like I, I will say this: that is definitely not like you. So and happy to get the win there to even it up. What ha- I'm telling you, man. We have sometimes you, you just get brain locked. Like I was like trying to lock in on a certain person. And so now you have there. to go first. No, 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 no. no. Now I go first. No, no, yeah, because no, no, I won that. I don't want. Well, your, just keep it going. Keep I don't back. want your ear sweat. I'll, I'll keep listening to some little dicky. All right, you good? What? Just let me know when you're when you're. Yeah. All right. Yep. 
All right, here we go. All right, get ready, all right? 24 seconds, Aaron. 2015 draft picks. Get ready and go. Carl Anthony Towns. Oh, boy. Kristaps Porzingis. Oh, man. Willie Cauley-Stein. Marquise Chris. No. Dang it. Oh, my gosh, Aaron. Why am I? I give up. Time. I might. You got two. He got two. Okay. So. Oh, man. All right. Get ready. I need some coffee. You have 24 seconds. 2015 draft picks. NBA. Go. You ready? Go. Carl Anthony Towns, Kristaps Porzingis, Julia Lokafor. And done. Cool. You said the same two he did, the first two. And then he had just had nothing left. <laughs> this is uh, fun. I like this. Two one. It's so close though. It's two this one. Is, best this of is seven. a lot more fun. Than best last of seven. Week. Best All of right. seven. Uh, just juice on the uh, on the headphones now. I like it. I like it. All right, Aaron. You have twenty four seconds. I gotta find my way here. I gotta find my focus. This is twenty fourteen draft picks. Twenty fourteen draft picks. Get ready. Go. Uh, Jabari Parker, uh, Andrew Wiggins, um, God Almighty, it's not looking good. I'm just having a hard time. Even I don't know what's going on in my head. I give up. <laughs> Done. Time. God damn it! He got two again. Wow. <laughs> uh. Aaron's having some troubles this week. He's having a brain fart. So here's your chance, Kevin. You just got to be two. This is 2014 draft picks. Get ready. Okay. And go. Wiggins. <laughs> uh, You'll get, yeah. Jabari Parker. Well, Rob, with the nice job with the hand. Uh, what hand? Ju- Julius Randle? Yep, that's it. Can you go get? Let's get another one for good measure. Um, Giannis? No, no, he was thirteen. Time. Well, you got three. Oh, I got three. That's enough. I for didn't the get win. my hint. What are you, you talking about? I literally just said you'll get. Yeah. Like I was going to say you'll get you three. Get the other one. Like no, you'll get three. Whatever. I thought Joel. I thought you guys would say Joel Embiid. Oh yeah. But don't. We'll, we'll be switching it up a little bit here. Sorry. Let's put those headphones back on, Kev. Kev. Uh, hold on, let me select my new music here. Good. All right. Get ready, Aaron. You have 24 seconds. Uh-huh. Just name Wolves players. That's Just name Wolves it. players? Wolves players, that's it. Okay. And go. Ricky Rubio, Tyus Jones, Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and Brandon Rush, Andrew Wiggins, Gorgie Jang, Cole Aldrich, Carl Anthony Towns, Kevin Garnett, Sam Mitchell, um, Pooh Richardson. Uh, oh my gosh! Why am I? I'm doing it again. Time. Ugh. Get twelve. I don't know. I could have done a lot more. I mean, you could have, but twelve still pretty good. All right. All right, Kev. Come on back. Got to be twelve. Wow. Yep. All right, Aaron. This one is uh, just name numbers. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is just any Wolf player ever. Okay. That's it. You got 24 seconds. Yeah. 
All right, and go. Cat, Wiggins, Levine, Jordan Hill, Cole Aldrich, Shabazz Muhammad, Kevin Garnett, Tom Gugliotta, Mark Madsen, Chauncey Billups, Latrell Sprewell, Sam Cassell, Lauren Woods. It's over. That's 13. He is nicknames. I don't care. Just Did I? They're still players. I didn't say use Wolves. Like I don't need their like maiden name. That uh, that seals it up for me that too, does doesn't it? That's it for. Uh, just like last week when you lost, we should still play it fine. out. Yeah. We'll play it out. See how close it actually is. All right, I'm gonna go back into the headphones. All right, let me bring up the next category here. <clears throat> All right, here we go. Get ready, Aaron. So you have you have 24 seconds. All right. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, maybe I'm with you. I don't really know. All right. So your question, you have 24 seconds. Number one overall picks since 1992. And go. Carl Towns, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Michael Oluwa Candy. Uh, man, oh, man, oh, man. This is, why am I... Derek Rose, LeBron James, um, time. Oh, you got five. You got five. I don't know. I'm just having such a hard time. All right, get ready, Kev. Right, okay. Twenty four seconds. Name number one overall picks since 1992, and go. Sam Bowie, Cat Wiggins. Boogie Cut, no. Uh, Kyrie Irving. Um, Struggling a bit. Just a little bit here. I think a lot of it at this point. Pooh Richardson. <laughs> Time. <laughs> Kevin Garnett. <laughs> he, said, wait, wait, Tom, he said Sam Bowie. <laughs> yeah, right? When does that ever be, be the first name that pops to your head? I, said, I did 92 because I thought everyone would say Shaq. He was before that, wasn't he? No, he was well, 92. That was 92, yeah. So Aaron beat me on that one, I'm guessing? He did. He had five. Okay. But still, not bad, not bad. I had, what, four? You had three, technically, because you kept naming players that actually were Weren't. Picked, like Pooh Richardson. He was the team's first Well, no, but I got, I got Cat and Wiggins. Yeah. Thinking. And then I got... Nothing else. He had, well, You said one other one. I don't remember which. But it was you know, Kyrie. three. Hey, you got Kyrie Irving. Yep. Okay. That was All it. Right. All right, so go back in. Two. All right. It's the last one. All right, here we go, Aaron. You have 24 seconds. Number two overall picks since 1992. And go. All right, Jabari Parker. Derek Williams. Um... Uh, Darko Milicic. Jeez. Um, oh, my goodness. Time. Oh, gosh. Kev, come on back to reality. All right, get ready. This is number two overall picks. All right, you got 24 seconds. And this is uh, since the same year, 1992. Kay. And go. Jabari Parker, D'Angelo Russell. Good night. 
<laughs> I got the win. It doesn't even matter. You can let him have this one then. <laughs> yeah, congrats, Aaron. You fell just a little bit short this week. I did. Um, yeah, you know what? It doesn't even matter. 24. So you took it. How many did you get? 17. He had three. <laughs> <laughs> Number two picks is harder, though. It is. So there you have it. Awesome. So Kevin with the win. You are listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel.